Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Have you ever considered the Bible that you are reading was not always available to us? For centuries, it was shut up to us, the common man. It was only available to the elite. How did it get in your hands and what happened when it did? A man by the name of Martin was 21 years old. He was on his way to be a lawyer. He was just an ordinary character. Nothing about him made him stand out, especially strong or even of a defiant nature. As he was walking home, he ended up in a violent storm and very nearly got struck by lightning. He took it as a message from God and said, if you will save me from this storm, I'll become a monk. Martin kept his promise. It had been said that Martin Luther shut himself up in his room for months and studied the Bible, especially the book of Romans. Not a bad idea. When he emerged, he had two ideals that were very contrary to the times. The first, that the Word of God, the Bible, was paramount over any other authority, and that included the priests, and the kings, and anybody else. Second, that salvation did not come by works, but by grace. You could not earn it by the things that you did, but it came by accepting what God did for you. He suffered a great deal of persecution for those ideals. He was brought before the Holy Roman Empire, banished, and excommunicated. For 10 months, he was shut up in a castle where he did something that was considered nothing but rebellion against the Holy Roman Empire. He translated the Bible into German. Now, for the first time, the common man could read the Word of God for the first time. Do you hear that? The common man could read the Word of God. These ideals, the authority of the Word of God, that justification is by faith, and that the Bible is for the common man, that history called the Protestant movement. But it was not a movement. It was a move by the Spirit of God. Amen. Do you know that not many years later, in the peak of this revival, and that's what it was, it was a revival, there were groups of people meeting together in all parts of Europe, reading the Bible and endeavoring to walk in its instruction. One day, one of these groups, longing for a place where they could live in the revelation that they had attained from that Bible, boarded a ship and began a great migration to an unknown land where they would find freedom to worship as they saw fit from reading that word, that Bible. That ship was called the Mayflower. Many of us, me included, are the descendants of those that came to this land in order to live by the Word of God. 
we still have that freedom and we will not let it go. It all started with a young man, Martin Luther, frightened by a bolt of lightning in the year 1505. That was 500 years ago. I have a great song to go along with this story. It is the rest of the song that you hear at the beginning of every one of my broadcasts. Who Hath Believed Our Report was written by Denny Hurley and is ministered here by the Hurleys. Denny and two of his brother, Kevin and Carl. You will hear the words to this song are taken from Isaiah 52 and 53, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Let the words minister to you while they play. Come gather ye nations and offer up praises to Him. Christ the Lord, for there is salvation for those that believe it on Him. Forevermore, Jesus died, He was buried, and then rose again to conquer death, hell, and the grave. He carried our burdens and pardoned our sins. Now all that believe can be saved. Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report. And to whom is it revealed? The mighty arm of the Lord. He shall sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at Him. For the pleasures of the Lord will surely prosper in His hand. Tell me who hath believed, hath believed I report. And to whom is it revealed? The mighty arm of the Lord, He shall sprinkle many nations, kings shall shut their mouths at Him, for the pleasures of the Lord will surely prosper in His hand. Come gather ye nations and offer up praises to Him. Christ the Lord, for there is salvation for those that believe upon Him. Forevermore, Jesus died, He was buried, and then rose again to conquer death, hell, and the grave. He carried our burdens and pardoned our sins. Now all that believe can be saved. Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report. And to whom is it revealed? The mighty arm of the Lord. 
He shall sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at Him. For the pleasures of the Lord will surely prosper in His hand. Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report. And to whom is it revealed? The mighty arm of the Lord. He shall sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at Him. For the pleasures of the Lord will surely prosper in His hand. Before I pray, I'd like to invite you to join Dole Davidson and I in Joplin, Missouri on April 11th. At the Holiday Inn, we will be there from noon till two, ministering the power of God along with the Water of Life musicians, casting out devils and healing the sick. I'd also like to invite you to join me here in Plano, Texas, at the corner of 18th and Avenue P, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., when I and Doyle Davidson will be ministering the gospel along with the musicians from Water of Life Church, the ministers of music. Now let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, let the power of my Lord be great and grant this nation repentance. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light and the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Some of you may be listening to me and your life is a turmoil and you don't know what's going on. I may have a diagnosis for you. I'd like you to turn with me to Isaiah 57 and I'm going to begin in verse 20. It says... But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Do you hear that? There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Do you have no peace? This may be your diagnosis. Let's turn to Isaiah 59. The wonderful thing is when the great physician, Jesus, diagnoses your problem, he also will have a cure. So let's continue. Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Let's listen to that again. It says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. That is an awful place to be. He won't even hear you. Now, how do you get that fixed? Turn with me to Luke 2. I'm going to read from verse 13. This is Jesus being born. And this is what happened the night of his birth. And no, these scriptures are not just for Christmas. 
They are for eternity. Now, go to verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, this was a sky filled with the angelic host. We're talking a whole lot of angels. And they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, peace, goodwill toward men. What had just happened that now we're talking about peace? Your Savior was just born, was just born. Now, let's go to Luke. No, let's go to, let's go to Isaiah 53, verse 5. This is what happened to that child that grew up. And then he went to the cross. And let's see what happened when he was on that cross. Verse 5, Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That body on the cross marred more than any man. This is the reason why. He was wounded for our transgressions. Those iniquities that keep you and God separated are on that body. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And look at this next, this next line. The chastisement, the chastisement of our peace. That word chastisement, it means correction. It means to the discipline. It means the chastening needed, needed for our peace was on Jesus. The correction that was needed to get our peace was on Jesus. And what happened to him? What was that correction? That he bore our transgressions. He bore our iniquities. That iniquities, perversities. Bore them on his own body. Again, marred more than any man. Every bone out of joint. Kathy, why do you keep bringing that up? I'm going to bring it up till it gets in your heart and it works for you. It delivers you. It sets you free and heals you. It's because of that that you can do that. Jesus died on the cross bearing your iniquities, your perversities, and it made that body every bone out of joint. Why? For the correction of your peace for the discipline to get your peace, for the chastening to get your peace, to put that peace back between God and you. Jesus bore it for you. All right, let's go to Romans 5.1. That body died on that tree and it was buried and he went to hell for you. Thank God the Father, satisfied with that sacrifice, raised him from the dead. Raised Jesus from the dead, alive. No more death in him. No more death in him. Do you hear that? That man will never die again. He is alive forevermore, and he did it for you and I so we can be the same way. Now, Romans 5, 1, therefore, therefore, 
What was there for? for? Well, if you go back two verses up, it says, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, righteousness, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification, delivered for our offenses, our sins, our iniquities, our perversities, raised again for our justification. Therefore, that Jesus came out of the grave, that he was raised again, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. God is not mad at you. I know there are some of you sitting right now thinking God is mad at you. The gospel fixed that problem. God is not mad at you. He's not mad at you. Oh, he'll correct you. But he is not mad at you. You know why? Because you had somebody take your place and pay for the things that made God mad at you. Jesus bore your transgressions, your iniquities, your perversities. Went to hell for you. Why? So he could make peace between you and the Father. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He's the one that made peace between you and the Father. He was the one in the middle, the mediator. He made peace between the Father and you. What is your part of the bargain? That you believe it. You have to believe it. You have to have faith in it. If you don't have faith in it, it won't work. You have to believe it. You have to hang on to it. You have to put it in front of you 24 hours a day, if that's what it takes, before you get that peace between the Father and you. I've shared before, there were months, months, years ago, that the only thing I could pray was, thank God, by the blood of Jesus, I have been justified and there is peace between the Father and I because I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it at all. But I kept praying, there is peace between the Father and I because of the blood of Jesus, because of his death, burial, and resurrection. And you know what? One day I realized there was peace. There was peace between the Father and I. The Father, through that prayer, redeemed me from the things that were keeping me from God. And I was redeemed and justified by that gospel. And he will do the same thing for you. Do you know how glorious it is to know that there is peace between the Father and you? There is no better peace. I have a great song here talking about the man, the Prince of Peace, and it's done by the Water of Life Boys. I am, you said to me. When it was done in my heart You brought life to me, a 
child of darkness, became a child of light. And when my soul was so
10, he came home from school one day and he was upset, half in tears. And he said, Mom, my teacher says that I need to go to the dentist and I need to have surgery on my tooth. Now what had happened was John's adult teeth came in and he had a baby tooth that was impacted. It was stuck. And it was stuck up in his jaw. It stuck straight out, frankly. And it would not move and it wouldn't come out. And he was upset because his teacher was now telling him what he should do. And John and I were sitting alone in the couch in our living room. And I said, John, all right, I understand what your teacher's saying. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And we're going to see what God does for you. And we prayed, both of us together. I prayed and John prayed. And I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is on this tooth now in Jesus' name. We prayed for just a couple minutes, that prayer, and I sent him on out to play, and he went to go play. That was on a Friday. The next day, John came running home in the afternoon, and he came into the house and he said, Mom, Mom, and he came. He goes, I want to show you something. He came running up to me and he had his hand clutched. He said, Mom, look at this, and he opened his hand, and there was the tooth. It had come out of the jaw. I said, John, what happened? He said, Mom, you won't believe it. We were playing football with the football. He said, and we were bouncing it on the sidewalk. And that ball bounced on the sidewalk, and it came up, and it hit me right in the mouth. And he said, when that happened, the tooth popped out. I said, John, did it hurt? He said, no, didn't hurt at all. He said it had a little bit of blood, and he showed me a shirt. You know, we can do that. But anyway, the, the tooth was out. No pain. No pain. You know, that's a whole lot better than going to a dentist and having to pay all those hundreds of dollars and all the to go through all that pain. Jesus, Jesus did it for him. Jesus did it for him. And you know who else he did it for? He did it for his mother. He did it for his mother. You know why? Because moms don't like to see children in pain. I know this Jesus, and I know that healing power, and you can know him too. How do you get to know him? Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saved means anything you need. If you need born again, it means born again. If it means forgiveness of sins, then it's forgiveness of sins. If it means you need healed, then saved means healed. If it means you need a job, then it means getting a job. It means whatever you need. For someone, if it means getting rid of that addiction, it will get rid of that addiction. If you will believe in your heart, that the Father raised Jesus from the dead for you. You shall be saved. You hear that? You shall be saved. Well, what if it doesn't work the first time? Then you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, because the problem isn't on God's end of the line. The problem may be your own heart, but if you keep at it, and you keep at it, that line will connect and you will get 
which you are after for from God. You know why? Because he loves you. That's why he sent his son. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.